0: Hey, speaking of all the feels, it as well gives me all the feels every single time we do that song. I love that song. That's one of those songs that when I would go to my grandparents' church, they always did that song. And so like I'm instantly like, taken back to that moment. Um, anyway, I love our team. I love the band. They just do such an amazing job. Um, to start out, guys, I got a serious question for you. Serious question. And um, can you guys put up that picture from the video that we just watched? I don't know what this is. I had like an intense conversation with our production crew before this morning started, and we were telling like what we think it is, and uh, Harold thinks it's a a potato. Potato? So so my question to you guys is like, what what is this? Come on, somebody can shout me down. What is it? It's a raven? Somebody said a Ravens fan? We're just going to go with that. Okay, I think that's great. I don't know what it is, um, but in my mind this week, um, this is what I thought it was. I thought it was Mr. Snuffleupagus from Sesame Street, and Harold's like, no, that doesn't look like him at all, Um, but Mr. Snuffleupagus was the greatest underrated character in Sesame Street history. Anybody else? Does anybody just feel your childhood when you see Mr. Snuffleupagus? Anyway, um, I'm glad you feel your childhood, because we are starting this new series today called All the feels now is anybody confused like what all the feels what does that mean anybody like not sure okay something okay me okay all right so i got you my dad has asked me like 15 times in the last two weeks he's like son this series all the feelings what is what does that mean and so um i got you if you're kind of confused we'll put this slide on the screen all the feels is a um we got there it is this is a slang phrase that showed up around 10 years ago in 2010 And it means an overwhelming feeling of emotion. An overwhelming feeling of emotion. And it can be any emotion, okay? And so you want to give me some examples of how we can use this? Okay. So, for instance, when I saw both of my children being born, I got all the feels. Parents, right? Okay, here's another one. The fact that the Patriots aren't playing in the Super Bowl tonight... (laughs) Gives me all the feels, baby. It's time to move on. Um, Here's the last one, and this is regarding our online family. Um, Over 1,300 people watched Sean's message that he preached last weekend on Facebook, and that gives me all the feels right there. In the first 24 hours that we posted that message from last weekend, 1,100 people had watched it. And if you weren't here last week and you're like, man, I missed it. Yeah, you did. It was so I've i like had all the fields all week just thinking about that message. Sean did an incredible job. But if you missed last weekend's message, um, there's all these different places that you can go and, and re-listen to it or re-watch it. The recording was a little off last weekend, so you gotta like sort through that, but the story is amazing. And so there's all these different ways that you can listen to Sean's message from last weekend and if you're joining us online right now, we are so pumped that you are with us on Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, can you guys all just pretend like you're screaming at the TV right now, like it is a Super Bowl, and get rowdy for our online family right now. Can you give it up for them? Come on. Woo! Yes. I love it. Um, so let, let me start out this way today. Um, I want to describe my Saturday a few weekends ago. So a few weekends ago, um, I wanted us, our family, to have family day, like, all day. It was supposed to rain that Saturday, so I thought, you know, we're just going gonna to laugh together all day together. We're going to, you know, love each other all day. We're going to live in harmony together for the entire day, family day. Who's ever attempted a family day? Attempt, that's the strong word right there, right? And so it started out great. We started out by watching Disney+. Plus. My kids wanted to watch the movie Up. I wanted to watch the movie Aladdin, so we watched Aladdin. <laughs> Family Day is all about what dad wants to do, man. Hey, I'm paying for it, right? So like it's okay. Um, anyway, they enjoyed it, so we watched that. That was great. And then um, we got to dinner time, and one of our Bayshore groups at the church here had gotten me for Christmas a $120 gift card to the Outback. $120. I have a favorite Basher group, and they is it, okay? (laughs) Clearly, no other competition. Um, And like, I always always order the cheapest thing on the menu, and so $120, I can get like death fries or whatever, whatever those fries are, the cheesy bacon fries, I think like 12 of those. Like, it's a lot of money. Anyway, but it was family day, and so I went to my my kids and my my wife, I'm like, guys, I love you so much that I am going to share this gift card with you all tonight. We are going to the Outback, And they cheered, and they were like, Daddy, you are the greatest. I made that part up. Um, But (laughs) so we drove down here, and we stopped at the furniture store right here on the corner on the way to Outback because I wanted to stop in there. And again, family day is all about what I want to do. And so we stopped into the furniture store over here. Everything's been going great, but have you ever taken a four- and a six-year-old into a furniture store? Has anybody ever done this? Yeah, don't, don't, don't do it. Because the moment we walked in, they got demon-possessed. <laughs> the whole time, uh, they're, they're, they're like jump-testing all the couches. Okay, jumping all the couches. They are running around the perimeter of the inside of the building like it's track practice. And then at one point, we lost one of the kids in the fabric display section. <laughs> Just gone. And the only reason that I knew where Nora was is because I, no I overheard the sales lady say, um, Honey, could, could you come out of there? Are, do you have parents here somewhere? <laughs> and I am the pastor at the church 200 yards away from this place. My, my kids went off the rails, so I apologized to the sales lady. I made sure she knew that I'm the pastor of Eagles Nest Church. You know, like. <laughs> my kids went crazy. Parents, can you relate to this? So we got out to the car, and my my vein right here was bulging. I was angry, like pastor angry, all right? And so I was like, that's it. Family day is canceled. Disney Plus is canceled. Laughter and joy is canceled for the rest of the weekend. And I just like went off, and and my precious children just looked at me like. And I thought in my head, I was like, man, way to go, Dad. It felt good. Like, it felt good. You know, I was like, man, they needed to hear that way to go, Pastor, Dad. And um, anyway, I was feeling pretty holy in that moment, you know, in everybody's sight except for, you know, my children's and Stacy's and the Lord's pretty much, you know. So I, but I went off. And then, no lie, right after I got mad at my kids, um, Nora, she's like, well, Daddy, when we go to the Outback, I guess I'll just eat crab. But if they don't have crab, I'll just have a steak. I'm like, you are six. When I was six, I got like the processed cheese slices with the plastic wrap, you know what I'm saying? Like that was a good day for me. And she wants surfing turf. I'm like, you ain't getting nothing. You'll get nothing. And like it. the beam was bulging. I was like losing my mind. And like two hours later, like it finally hit me like, ah, Joe, you probably took it a too far. <laughs> and so like, uh, you know, I-, I apologized to them in the outback. Now Nora still did not get surfing turf, come on. I am cheap, and that's just going to, you know. Anyway, but I lost it in the outback. And what happened in that moment? What happened in that moment was that I had all of the feels of anger, and it just took over. Parents, has that ever happened to you? Everybody else, has that ever happened to you? And have you ever noticed, yeah, grandparents, yeah? And have you ever noticed that when, our, when we let our feelings take over, they can take us places we don't want to go? Have you noticed this before? Guys, feelings are powerful, and so we got to deal with the feels, or the feels are going to deal with us. We got to lead ourselves well. Another way to say this is we got to lead ourselves well if we don't want to lose the ability to lead the people around us. And as a dad, like, I want to lead my kids out of out of faith and not out of my emotions. Now, they, they needed to be corrected in, in the furniture store, guys. Come on. But if I lead my kids out of Anger. there may come a day where I don't get the opportunity to lead them at all, right? And so this whole series, All the Feels, is about um, how do we deal with the feels so that the feels don't deal with us. And so if you're sitting there, somebody, just turn to them and say, oh, I am feeling this, I am feeling this. Some of you are making it up, but I'm making you say it anyway. So, guys, today we're going to talk about anger also known as Joel's little vein that pops here, okay? And so if you brought your Bible, head on over to Numbers chapter 20, and um, we're going to look at a guy named Moses today, and we're talking about the original Moses today, not the Charlton Heston Moses, the OG original Moses. Now Moses was an unbelievable leader. A conservative estimate is that he led over a million people out of egypt out of slavery and and marched them through uh, a desert for 40 years on their way to the promised land but before they got to the promised land all these people that moses was leading they had an all the fields moment too they were they were tired they were thirsty they were hungry they were hangry you know about being hangry They were hangry, and they were were complaining about Moses, kind of like we complain about our boss. You get a little hangry, you complain about your boss. And so, like, they were having these all the feels moment. So Moses is leading all these people, and he's like, God, what, what do I do? And God's like, three things. Number one, you need to get your staff. Number two, you need to get all these people to circle around this giant rock. And the third thing is, I want you to speak to this rock, and water will come out of the rock. And so behind the scenes, what, what God is doing is he is setting Moses up to do a miracle in front of all these people so that they can respect him again. That's what's supposed to happen. But let, let me show you what actually happens. This will be on your screen. Um, Numbers chapter 20, starting in verse 9. So Moses, there's three things that we just talked about. Moses did as he to, as he was told, kind of. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. And so step one, Moses, Moses nailed it, right? He nailed it. So then, he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock, okay? Oh, yeah, Moses is is two for two. He is set up. He's he's set up to do a miracle. He's in front of all these people, probably over a million people around this rock. And what does Moses say? Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Uh Uh-oh. Moses just had like a Joel in Furniture Land moment, okay? He says, he shouts, listen, you rebels. And he's not done. He says, Must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand, and and did he speak to the rock? No, he struck the rock twice with a staff, and water gushed out. Guys, Moses didn't speak to the rock. Moses went full on like Babe Ruth mode, and he just hit that rock two times. I think the theologically correct way to describe what just happened is Moses lost his chili. Like full on in front of everybody, lost his chili. This isn't like you know, Joel's riding down Route Twenty Four in his Civic all alone, and somebody's driving twenty seven miles in front of me, and I lose my mind. Which, by the way, stop it. Drive the speed limit around Twenty Four, people. But this isn't like me alone in the car. Okay, it's like me yelling at all y'all right now. Who would feel a little awkward? You feel awkward? Yeah. And so Moses, okay, is in front of all these people. He loses his chili. And so God's like, that's it. You're not, you're not going to lead these people into the promised land. What? This is the original Moses, you guys. Okay, he's dealt with these people for like decades doing all this stuff. And God's like, "No, oh, you're not going to take them into the promised land. Like, what was the big deal? The big deal is that he did this in front of all those people. And God knew that in that moment, he had lost his credibility to lead those people. And so like, like for instance, if I lost it on the stage right now, and I took like this Bayshore tumbler, I yelled at you guys, and I took this Bayshore tumbler and I threw it at both TVs, Couple couple things would happen. Okay, number one, it'd get quieter than a mouse toot up in here. <laughs> Sorry, that's a bad description. But anyway, the second thing is, you go to lunch at the Cracker Barrel still, but you'd be like, I don't think I can let that guy lead me anymore. And so what do we learn from Moses? We learn that we got to lead ourselves well if we want to have the ability to lead other people around us. We got to deal with the feels if we don't want the feels to deal with us. And so uh, today, I want to give you two myths about anger. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. And if you're not taking notes, I'm not even angry because, you know, the whole anger thing. So the first myth about anger is that anger is automatic. Anger is automatic. Now, anger feels automatic sometimes especially in traffic. Who knows what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, amen on that one. So um, back in December, a bunch of us um, went up to uh, the Ravens game to see see this guy play right here, Lamar Jackson, MVP. Does anybody know that? He's MVP. Anyway, we went to see this guy. This, this is in December. We still had hope that we would be playing in the Super Bowl tonight. I am not angry. I am not angry. <laughs> Just kidding. I hate the Titans right now. I'm angry at the Titans. Um. But we went to go to the game, and I got angry twice on the way up to Baltimore. All right. First off, because I used the Waze app to navigate me there, which should just be renamed the "We don't know the ways <laughs> to Baltimore." All right, because I don't know where it was, I don't know where I was. The second reason I got angry is because at one point I was on some road somewhere. Nobody knows where, thanks to Waze. Okay, we're somewhere, and uh, I saw this sign on the side of the highway that said "Right lane closing in two miles." please merge to the left. And so what did I do? I merged to the left. I am a rule follower. Where are the rule followers out in the room? Pray, praise the Lord for all you guys. Okay. Glory to God. Um, I get in the left lane. Everything is good. But for the next two miles, I notice that all these rule breakers, all these evil people keep passing me on the right. I'm like, what in the world? And then we finally get to where the cone makes you merge in and all these people, these demon possessed people, prize Steelers fans, okay? <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, they're in the right lane and they're looking at me like, you know, can I can I merge in? No, you can't merge in. <laughs> you should have done that way back there. I found a picture um, on the internet this week, it pretty much sums up exactly how I feel. You hit every cone on the highway before I let you emerge in front of me because you saw that sign two miles ago, just like I did. All the rule followers, doesn't this just speak your language? So I'm curious where where's the enemy? Like you wait to the cones to merge in, right? Okay, listen, you rebels. <laughs> Oh, but listen, in that moment when you were like trying to merge in, my anger felt automatic, man. And isn't it true that there's things that happen to us that make us feel like anger is automatic? Things happen to us in traffic that triggers our anger. Things happen at work. Things happen in marriages and in relationships that trigger our anger. Things happen when you have kids. Woo! Things happen in the 12 items or less line in the food line. <laughs> trigger your anger. And, and back in the day, one of the, the schools of thought with psychologists is when, when you're angry, when you're angry, the best thing that you can do is just just vent it. Just let it out, okay? Just, just let Hawk out. And so, um, you know, that was the thought. You know, some people said, you just need to vent it. You need to let it out. Um, and that's why we got my boy Nixon this T-Rex punching bag for Christmas, which by the way on christmas day i blew this whole thing up with my mouth without a pump i couldn't walk straight for 3 days but i blew up the t-rex we got nixon this t-rex because my boy nixon he's for it but he's he's passionate with his, with his hands Okay, so we thought, well, we'll just get him this, and like he can hawk out on the T-Rex when he's having a passionate moment instead of like some random kid in the gym so the gym daycare worker doesn't have to pull us aside and say, you know, we need to talk about your son. Anyway, um, so uh, we got him this, and so now when he's having a, a moment, we're like, Nixon, just, just go in your room, man, and just just release your steam on the, the T-Rex. And, and Nixon, four, listen, you don't want to fight Nixon. This T-Rex has had a bad life since Christmas. He's got a giant scar right here. It's a wonder he's still alive. Nixon gets on top of the T-Rex, and he just beats the T-Rex. And we thought, this will help Nixon get like, get it out. Has it worked? No. It just made him like a really good MMA fighter. <laughs> now he's like in the habit of like, oh, I'm angry. I got like, to go hit something, right? And so psychologists... <laughs> have moved away from just like that, your anger, just let it out. Because now we know that anger can be a habit. And anger can be addictive. Have you noticed like the more you let Hawk out, the more Hawk wants to come out? And so now you have a habit that's addictive that then just builds on top of itself. And so I'll illustrate what I mean with this. Um, how many of you remember from like the 90s, the 80s, whatever, I don't know, the, the electric glow balls? You remember these things? Listen, you were living the dream in the 90s if you had went into Spencer Gifts in the mall and you picked up an electric glow ball thingy. Anyway, um, I want to illustrate this whole anger thing with this. So you mind turning the lights down some? Okay, check this thing out. Woo! Look, we may not have, like, real internet in the 90s, but we... Look at this! So anyway, let's imagine this thing is cool, isn't it? Yeah, hello. It's cool, man. They're calling to tell you, like, that thing is cool. It's awesome. So let's imagine that all this energy in here represents our anger. And so every single time something happens, we can channel our anger towards that thing. Okay, so like, for instance, let me show you how, how anger builds. Um, Let's say that somebody is trying to merge in front of you in traffic because they, they ignored the sign, and they want to just merge in front of you, and you get angry. You get triggered, right? And you're like, what kind of idiot does that? So then you're a little angry, and then you, you think about your neighbor because your neighbor's dog keeps coming into your yard, dropping blessings all over the place. <laughs> and you're thinking, what kind of person lets their dog, and you... Get angry a little more. And then your wife makes guacamole for you, which makes you really happy. And so you can't wait to come home from work and eat the guacamole. But your six-year-old daughter who enjoys surf and turf ate all the guacamole before you got any. And you're like, that little turkey. And then the Ravens lose to the Titans. The number six seed we lost to the Titans. And now I'm about to lose my chili. And so what happened? All our anger got channeled, and it built, and it built, and we focused on it, and we focused on it, and then it built to the point where we get, it's starting to get hot on my finger. And we get hot, right? And that's when we lose it. After all these things build, that's when we lose it on our spouse. That's when we lose it on the kids. That's when we lose it on random people at work. That's when you lose it on the family dog that's done nothing but lick you in the face for the last 12 years. That's when you lose it on the family T-Rex, look, anger isn't automatic. Anger is built one trigger at a time until we explode. And that's when we let hawk out. So um, here's what happened with with Moses. We can keep the lights down. Here's what happened with Moses. What what built Moses' anger? If you look at the beginning of the chapter, it's so interesting. You know, at the end of the chapter, he hits the rock, right? At the beginning of the chapter, the very first verse, Moses' sister Miriam dies. And we know that anger is a part of grief, right? So boom, he's got this building. And then the next thing that happens, all these people are saying how terrible a leader Moses is. He's freaking out because they just think he's a terrible leader. And so he's got more anger building and building and building. And then he stands in front of this rock with all his critics looking at him in the eye. And that's when he loses his chili. And so anger isn't automatic. It's built one trigger at a time. And then that's when we get hot. That's when we lose it on the people around us. And so we can bring up the lights now. Thanks, Eddie. So what do, what do we do? Because we, we know this is what kind of happens to us. Well, just, just try to remember this. It's not what happens to you that makes you angry. It's how you think about what happens to you that makes you angry. It's not, what, it's not what happens to you that makes you angry. It's what you, how you think about what happens to you that makes you angry. So for instance, the next time somebody waits until two miles to merge in because the cones are making them merge in, okay, instead of thinking, what an idiot, they saw that sign just like me. What if you thought, I wonder if somebody they love is in the hospital and, I, and they have to hurry to get to the hospital and I don't know what the full story is. And you just change the way you thought. Or what if when your neighbor is letting their dog their dog come into your yard and go all over the place, what, what if instead of thinking, what kind of neighbor does this? What if you thought, you know what, I may not know the full story of what's going on with my neighbor, and maybe they don't know that their dog's over here, or maybe they're depressed, and right now I should, instead of having anger towards them, I should have compassion towards them. I mean, maybe instead of when your daughter eats all all, and I mean all the guacamole, all of it, all gone, Instead of saying, you little turkey, what if instead you thought, I live in a house full of food and we were able to buy that $17 avocado? <laughs> I'm so glad my daughter got that $17 avocado. And you change the way you think about it. If you want to change your anger, you got to change how you think about it because anger isn't automatic, it is built one trigger at a time and when we feed that anger then it just kind of it it grows and it becomes a habit and so what if what if we made some new habits what if when we started to get angry we just decided we're gonna breathe and count to 10 or or a thousand right come on ten thousand, like keep on or what if you just said i want i want to read the bible or i'm going to pray in that moment okay or i'm going to go to the gym and i'm gonna hawk out on the equipment and sit on the people i love right What if when you get angry, you made it the habit to not make big life decisions or to not send emails? You ever sent an angry email? Yep. Um, Or text. What if you made it the habit to not vent and beat up the T-Rex, but you made the habit to just change the way that you think about it? Guys, anger is not automatic. It's built up one moment at a time. We have an opportunity through all those moments to just change the way we think about things. Here's the second and final myth about anger, is that anger is always bad. Myth about anger, anger is always bad. So I got a, I got a question for you guys, and this is, a, this is an easy question. This is a layup. This is not a trick question. Anybody can answer this question. Here, here's, here's a question. How many of you enjoy getting revenge? You enjoy getting revenge. Just a little bit. Be honest. You're in church. Okay, about um, 7% of our church tells the truth. The rest of you, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> Look, revenge feels good, doesn't it? You should have answered, right? I mean, you're in church, people. So well, let me give you some examples. I saw some pictures on the internet this week that just like made me like feel all warm and fuzzy. Like my, my revenge side of me made me feel warm and fuzzy. So we'll put this first picture up on the screen. taking two parking spots is a real crime and here is a fitting punishment does anybody agree just me i don't know like oh man when i see double parkers maybe you're double parked upstairs right now we love you but move your car man no but like i'm I'm not encouraging doing this but if you do it just can you take pictures you can email me at the church we'd love to hear from you um no, here's one more um, that I think is funny. Never irritate a woman who can operate a backhoe. I love the internet, man. Some of you are like, I don't really know any ladies who can operate a backhoe. Listen, I grew up in Gumborough. They all, they all knew how to operate backhoes, okay? So, you know, watch out, man. Um, but guys, revenge feels good. In the moment. But if you notice that with anger, this type of anger, there's a lot of guilt and shame that comes with it when we release it. You, you notice that you feel guilty, you feel shame with it. But here's the thing not all anger is all bad. Now, if you dig a castle moat around your husband's truck, yeah, that's not good. Okay, don't, don't do that. That's the, that's the bad kind of anger. But anger, I believe every emotion is from God. And every emotion can be good, but every emotion can go bad. And so anger can be an emotion that God gives us to motivate us to make changes in our life. Anger can be God's gift to us. Last, last weekend, well, let me let me back up before that. Three years ago, I was sitting in the Applebee's with my buddy Sean, who preached last weekend. And uh, Sean's wife, Amanda, had just found out about a secret hidden um, pill addiction. And she had just found out that he had a, a, a secret serious drug addiction and so she kicked him out and she said you can't see our daughter right now and if you don't go to rehab then then our marriage is over and i sat in applebee's with sean right over here and he said i am so angry at my addiction and i am not going to let these pills steal my life anymore and that anger is what got him to go to rehab that anger is what got him clean that anger is what got him to go to narcotics anonymous. That anger is why he is three years clean now. It's why he stood on the stage last weekend and said, My marriage is the best in the best place it's ever been. His anger is why he stood on the stage last weekend and preached to you all, and his anger is why he is launching Celebrate Recovery in our church for you all this spring. I mean, come on, anger can be a gift from God. I, um, I remember when me and my wife Stacy got married 12 years ago, and we, we didn't have any money. I mean, we were we were so poor, we couldn't afford to go to KFC and lick other people's fingers. We, had no, we didn't have any money. <laughs> Just don't picture it. Or do. I don't know. Anyway, we, our mortgage was almost 60% of our take-home pay. And I was so angry. And so what did I do? I signed up for a little class called Financial Peace University. And I went to that nine-week class. It was 13 weeks at that time. On the fourth week of that class, I cut off our credit cards. And then we started budgeting. And then I just started eating peanut butter and jelly every day for like years. Peanut butter and jelly every day. And and because of that anger, we got out of that mess. Some of the most positive changes you have ever made in your life are because anger, good, healthy anger, motivated you to make those changes. Changes, and so when you get fed up with your addiction, that's when we're willing to make a change. Sometimes, right? When we get fed up with our money problems, that's when we're willing to make a change. When we get fed up um, with uh, with stuff at work, that's sometimes when we're willing to make a change. When we get fed up with marriage fights, that's when we're willing to make a change. And um, any dads in the room, dads? Okay, dads. Listen, when we get fed up with the dad bod. We used to rock like a six pack, and now we got the keg going, we got the one pack going. But when we get angry, that's when we're finally willing to change and make a difference. Here's what um, uh, Tim Keller says about the good side of anger. We'll put this on the screen. He says, Anger is energy channeled towards defending something good from something bad. Anger is energy channeled towards defending something good from something bad. Now, I, I know what some of you guys are thinking. I do. Some, some of you are like, oh, Pastor George, anger is not good. Are you crazy? My children are sitting in the service today. It's not good. It's not, it's not good. Can, can I show you something? I want to show you Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. This is the message version. And it says, it says this, go ahead and be angry. Some of you are like, oh, I am glad I came to church today i'm gonna put that on my car bumper sticker go ahead and be angry the lord said it um it gets better you do what what you do well to be angry some of you are like this is my life verse well hold on you just keep going you got to read the whole thing but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge don't build a castle moat around your husband's truck and don't stay angry. Like, don't buy property and pitch a tent there. Like, don't live there. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. So don't keep it. But there is some good angry anger. And he says, go ahead and be angry. Say this with me. Anger can be good if it pushes me away from something bad. And so get angry, church. Get angry at that student loan debt. Get angry at that credit card debt. Get angry at those marriage fights. Get angry at road rage. I've seen how some of you drive. Get angry at road rage. Get angry with being out of shape. Now, full disclosure, I'm going to go crazy eating tonight, all right? But tomorrow, we're going to get in shape. Get angry with those decades-old family feuds. Get angry with hate. Get angry with poverty. Get angry with racism. Get angry with sexism get angry with child abuse. Somebody say, get angry. There is good anger. And anger can be good if it pushes you away from something bad. And anger isn't automatic. It is built up one trigger at a time. I'm going to turn this off because I'm nervous. It's like going to get hot and like blow up. (laughs) So how did it end with Moses? Because here's the thing. Moses' anger was not the good kind. And so what what did Moses lose? I I alluded to this, and we'll end with this. Um, In verse 12, it says, but the Lord, so Moses just hit the rock. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, because you like, you know, went Babe Ruth mode on the T-Rex, because you lost it in front of all these people, he says, you will not lead them into the land I'm giving them. And so I want to circle back to where I started. We got to lead ourselves well if we don't want to lose the ability to lead other people around us. And so I I, I got a question for you, and I just want you to shout me down with your answer, okay? So um, do you want to lead your family well? Do you want to lead yourself well? Do you want to lead your honey bunches boo thang well? Yes. Yes. Do you want to lead your kids well? Do you want to lead your future well? Your friends well? Do you want to lead the pack of cars that's following you on Route 24 well? Drive the speed limit, okay? That has nothing to do with my point. But how do we lead people well? We got to lead ourselves well so we don't lose the ability to lead other people well. We got to deal with the feels so the feels don't deal with us. And if we want to change our anger, we got to change how we think about what it is that makes us angry. I'll end with this story. So um, three or four years ago, winters ago, I spent the whole winter on my days off painting all the, um, the door trim and window trim, uh, all the baseboard in my house, caulked everything, painted everything. And speaking of anger, nothing makes me ang- more angry than painting trim. Who's ever painted trim before? So you know, I'll roll all day long. I'm happy rolling. You made me paint trim. I'm like, I'm going to break something. Trim is tough, man. So anyway, I got the whole, I got it all done that winter. And then my daughter, Nora, who was three at the time, one day, she came up to me. And she was, like, so excited. And she's like, Daddy, I want to show you something. And I'm like, what is it? And so she grabbed my hand, and she took me to our bathroom, and she pointed at the trim. And she said, Look what I drew you. And I was like, Oh, you did? And, like, she was so psyched that she had gone to art class on the trim that I had just painted. Okay? And I was not psyched. This may not surprise you, but I don't always act like a pastor. And so I'm standing in my master bath, and I have like, I'm having like a Pentecostal moment, okay? I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) and I lost it, man. I'm like. Nora, why did you do that? We don't paint the trim, or don't we don't touch the trim, we don't write on the trim. And and I was out of trim paint at that point. So I'm like, now I gotta go to Lowe's. Buy a quarter trim or a quarter paint, which costs like $20 because I don't know what's in it, like dinosaur DNA or something. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm losing it. And like Nora was so excited to show me what impressed her, and I just crushed her. And um, Mama Bear, my wife Stacy, she, she came in and she said. You just need to settle down, Pastor Joel. You need to settle down, Pastor wife Stacy. I don't know. And she said, honey, she's just a kid. She doesn't know. Plus, if somebody didn't leave that pen out on the desk, then it never would have happened. I'm like, that is not helpful right now. (laughs) Just didn't need to hear that information. Anyway, I was so angry in the moment. But Stacy talked to me about that. And over time, I realized that, that she made those marks on the trim to impress me. Those were her love marks. Now, I didn't necessarily want her to graffiti up the entire house with love marks, but that piece of trim became my favorite trim in our entire house. And um, for three years, I never painted over that trim. And uh, in fact, I took a picture of her after I kind of cooled down next to the trim. Look, it's just a little mark. You can barely even see it. By the way, I took this pen away from Nora immediately afterwards. <laughs> no pens, girl. Um, but I didn't paint over this until we sold her house because every time I walk through this doorway, I look at those pen marks, and I will think there's going to be a day when Nora's grown up, and there won't be any more pen marks on the trim, and I'm going to wish that there were pen marks there. And so those were her love marks. And I, and I changed the way I thought from being angry with it to thinking those are her love marks, and I loved it. Listen, anger, if you want to change your anger, you've got to change how you think about what makes you angry. And by the way, Jesus had some love marks, didn't he? We know that after the resurrection that he had these pierced hands. He went to one of his friends, Thomas, and and Thomas wanted to touch these piercings, these love marks. And these love marks are for our angry moments. They're for our our Moses moments. And we know that Jesus got them by hanging up on a cross in front of all the people who were criticizing him. And what did did he say? He said, Father, forgive me them. And if you're here today and you've you've had some angry moments, you've had some Moses moments, I just want to remind you that makes you human. And I also want to remind you that Jesus loves you so much that he went up on a cross and got those love marks so he could look at every Jesus follower and say, you are forgiven. And nothing gives me all the feels like just reminding you guys that you are forgiven when you follow Jesus. And so, Nobody here can change your past, but everybody here can change your future. And so let's lead ourselves well so we don't lose the ability to lead people around us. Let's deal with the feels so that the feels don't deal with us. And let's get angry with our anger, church. If you're feeling that, just say, I got all the feels. Come on, you're going to yell your TV ladder on that when you're watching Super Bowl tonight. Just say, I got all the feels. All, the feels. all right, Jesus, thank you so much. For this story in Numbers about Moses, which every person in here can relate to in one degree or another, Moses spent all this time leading these people, but he had this moment where he he lost it. He just he just lost it. And God, we all know what that's like. And so God, I just pray that you'll help us in those moments where we're channeling our, our energy towards something, we're thinking about it, and we're letting it build and build and build, and we just kind of want to vent and let it all out. Help us to change the way that we think about it. And help us realize that anger isn't automatic. It builds and builds and builds, and we got every opportunity along the way to get out of that anger. And help us to have good anger towards the wrong things in our life. The stuff that's holding us back right now, God, I just pray that you'll give us good anger that will motivate us to change and to move on from those things in our life. And I'm so thankful that at the end of the day, you forgive us. Those, those love marks on your hands are just a reminder that you forgive us when we ask you to forgive us. And Jesus, we're so thankful for that and your grace in your name. Amen.